You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. SWOTOR Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com. Affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device. Engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty. All at TweakedAudio.com. And welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of SWOTOR Reforged. I am your host, Jedi Master Evarwin. Today's record date is August 20th, Monday, August 20th. And as always, I am joined by the one and only purveyor of Jawa juice, Louis Olan. Thank you, Jedi Master Evarwin. <laughs> Thank you for that warm welcome. Hello. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Glad you're all here. It sounds so weird being called that. It's 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 dorky when I say it. It's weird being called it. <laughs> <laughs> See, at least you're lucky. I'd like to be actually be referred to in the game as em- spoiler, spoiler, Emperor's Wrath for my Marauder. <laughs> Emperor's Wrath. All right. Yep. Okay. Emperor's Wrath Olan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some dreaded space disease. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of space diseases, the man who cures them all, Emperor's Wrath Fred Woodley. <laughs> wow. I'm the Emperor's Wrath, and I'm out there curing diseases. Yeah, that's what talk you about, do. Talk about a short-term career. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, how are you? How's it going? Oh, I'm great, Ivorwin. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic, but you sound dog-tired and exhausted. Yes, I am tired, but I'm doing my best to muster up some Ivorwininess. Some Ivorwini? Yes. <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> Jenny was listening to uh, our episode last week, and she laughed when she heard you say Ivarwini, and she corrected your English. <laughs> and she said, it's not Ivarwini, it, it's Ivarwinli. Ivarwinli, with an L-Y. Well, Jenny's misinformed because I have a hashtag <laughs> sensation going on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I you, told you her. You need to correct did her. I did tell her. I that said Sith Lord Corv is never incorrect. That's actually what I had said to her was, Jenny, you have to understand, Sith Lord Corv is never incorrect, number one. And number two, he's got a Twitter hashtag sensation going on right now. <laughs> um we this this ship of, of Swotor Reforged is taking off and, and you're you're on here whether you like it or not. So strap in, buckle up grab a cup of Jawa juice, and uh, we've got some unbelievable information and and uh, a great episode up ahead. Not the least of which is the announcement that we are podcasting from our very own SWOTOR Reforged feed. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. Look around, everyone. This is our... Virtual our, high five. Our branded... Virtual high five. <laughs> <laughs> this is our brand new feed. Um... A brand new ship, we'll call it. Okay, so uh, you know, take a look around, enjoy the uh, the hollow recordings, if you will. Uh, don't don't aggravate the the uh, the ship droid. 
and uh, and there you go. Um, our, that, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It only took us eight episodes to get a feed. <laughs> Thank you, iTunes. I, I I swear to to all that that I hold dear on this good green earth. <laughs> that and, and and here to tell just the iTunes people exactly what we think. The old man from Dungeon Quest. You can stick your iTunes in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got an iPod for you. Hold on, cram it up your. <laughs> no, but, no, that's but. a tripod. <laughs> oh, oh. My. whoa! <laughs> All but right, so seriousness, yes. What? Thank you, iTunes. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I would say to Evarwin for actually taking that, you know, the helm on that, and actually. Dealing with it day in and day out for weeks, and I want to let all the listeners know, you know, he did put a lot of work, a lot of effort. There were times there was, you know, quite the frustration there, but he dealt with it, he stuck with it, and I, for one, and I, Fred, would like to thank him for all the hard work he put into that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It was, uh, it was, it was my pleasure to, to beat my head with my keyboard every time I sat down in front of my computer to get this thing figured out. Well, you know, somebody had to be up there at the helm, standing next to Leonardo DiCaprio as the ship took off. <laughs> wow, <laughs> was that a was that a uh, a Titanic reference there, Fred? Good God, what are you trying to say, Varwin? That the podcast is going to sink? No, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, we're we're actually we're we're floating quite well now, thanks to thanks to all the. The listeners throwing in their their five star reviews and and making us look a lot better than we actually are. <laughs> it's been hey, it's been wonderful. We as a network have one of the best communities out there. Yeah, and it's really coming through on this podcast. I, I actually made a point to mention that last night on our Minecraft show that we finally got a feed and directed some people over, and you can see they're already responding and leaving us reviews. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's been since it's been since June, the end of June. I think it was um, the second to last week in in June, where we we started this whole let's let's move over, let's close out Star Wars off the record, let's get a new feed, put it up on iTunes, and let's you know reforge the show, so to speak. And we wanted it out um, the weekend of Fourth of July. Now. Everything that got between then and now is unbelievably technical and, and annoying, but at the end of the day, um, what needed to get fixed was several really simple things, and because of the iTunes support team um, being god-awful, none of them could, could explain anything to me. First of all, it took a month to even find somebody that even knew what <laughs> what a feed was and and what podcasts were and how they worked really i mean i, I you can't call iTunes and talk to those people because all they troubleshooter are your iPods and you know your i your shuffles and that's all those guys do and i'm sure they do a great job but apparently they have like this super secret like you know bro huddle going on regarding these podcasts Somewhere in like Cheyenne Mountain, you know, we're deep in the Defense Department, uh, in, deep in a Defense Department installation, and like no one touches them, no one can talk to them, and it's just they get a little red phone that goes to Obama and like some other lady that apparently I was emailing for the past three weeks, <laughs> and, 
And like they pick that up and they're like, nah, no, and then hang up. And that's it. That's all they say. <laughs> so in any event, um, this whole thing got figured out without their help. We didn't need them. All we needed was a couple of people on our end that were, you know, savvy enough to, to figure this all out ourselves. And we finally did. So, but you're missing the ironic part of Orlin. What's that? The part where iTunes trolled us the entire time because the whole reason for wanting to rebrand the show and put it back out there was because we weren't even showing up in iTunes. And then after about, you know, five weeks of trying to get a feed for this show, then our old show finally starts showing up in iTunes again. <laughs> well, I suppose that's that's something I put out of my mind completely. Um, okay, <laughs> let's bring this into Swotor now. Now that now that you know everyone is is aware and we're happy and, and we had our you know our uh, our virtual high fives. <laughs> we're on iTunes for this one show and it's great. It's got its own feed. Let's get into the blue milk and death sticks of the podcast. Mm. Mm. There we go. Lou, how's your in, how's your weekend game been, man? Ooh. Exciting. Exciting. I actually last night I went to my sniper and for those who may not remember, uh Ivarwin and I created a few tunes uh, characters on Keller's Void. Before Killer's Void became a uh, origin server for the character transfer. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, a jump off the sinking ship. Speaking of the Titanic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for the most part, you know, I deleted a lot of the tunes on Killer's Void because they were just there as placeholders in case Killer's Void became a, a, a destination server. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, I did want to play a sniper because that's actually one of the other classes I want to bring up for the Imperial side. So I remember that she was on there and that she was on the fleet. So I got, I logged on to that character and realized, wow. I'm looking at the number like one. Feeling like the loneliest number. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were the only guy there? I was the only person on the fleet on Keller's Void. Good God. Yeah, I went to the GTN. I was like, wow, there's nothing on the GTN. Um, I actually said, eh, oh, well, screw it. I'll, I'll just quest. I'll see what's around. See if anyone's on the other planets. Nope. I went to Troll Mikaz. Popped up the number. Wow. I'm the only person on DK. Wow. Yep. Everyone jumped ship, huh? Yeah. Pretty much everyone either got rid of their characters or they just did a transfer. Onto, I believe, Keller's Void. Well, yeah, Jedi Covenant was the destination server for Keller's Void. So... Okay. Yeah, it felt weird. And after a while, I was like, no, no, I can't do this. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. It felt weird. So I logged off about an hour, went straight onto the website and said, yeah, transfer my character. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, so I parked her now on Jedi Covenant until until when pay transfers come over. Then I'll bring her over to Candrus. Okay. Since nice. that's one spot I have left over. And that's the one I wanted for a uh, range DPS, which would be the sniper. All right. Cool. Very and good. And then, yeah, yeah, then the live event. Still have two more characters to go. So I got to finish that up tonight after the show. Yeah, better hurry up. <laughs> yes. Because uh, that, that live event is is on its way out the door. Yep. Certainly by uh, by the time anyone's hearing this particular episode, um, it'll be it'll be over and done with. Right. 
Right, so I it's I have to get going on my sorcerer and sentinel. Sentinel, I just started it. My sorcerer, I'm halfway through, so I have to uh, get cranking on that. Okay. Once we're done here. Very good. Anything else? Oh no, no no. That's it. All right, Fred. What about you? How's your How's your weekend game been? I know you've been, you know, again. I know you've been working crazy hours. They're 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 uh, piling the work on you. But were you able to squeak in any any time at all? Oh, certainly. The way that my days have been going is I get home from work about 9 o'clock, and then I sleep until about 3, and then I get up and play SWOTOR. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> That's dedication. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to cut out the most enjoyable recreational activity that I have. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Way to stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the girlfriend just gets annoyed when I wake her up to do that too. Oh well, you know, you know. Hey, she wants to level them characters together. She needs to be around when I'm playing. You just tell her I'm Sith Lord Corv, baby. I'm never wrong. <laughs> I'm oh, sure she'll I understand. Need, it. I don't need to inform her of that. She already knows. No, huh? Okay, all right. So what? <laughs> so what'd you do at three o'clock in the morning while you're waking up your girlfriend and uh, and sticking it to the man? <laughs> Well, I leveled my Imperial Agent to level 32 so far. Wait a second. Who in the chat room is named Lady Fred? <laughs> Who is that? That would be her. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> so what <laughs> What have you been doing at 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Well, I leveled my Imperial Agent to level 32, and then I've been doing my dailies off and on, usually only on one of my 50s per day, Mm -hmm. because I've needed some serious cash. Then the world event came around, which the irony behind that was I was sort of coerced into playing World of Warcraft, getting a character ready for the new expansion coming out. And we had intentions on leveling up our characters to get ready for that, and that's when I opened up the SWOTOR launcher and saw that the world event was live, and I'm like, nope, SWOTOR tonight. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Pandas on hold, Sith Lord on on the go. Here we go. On the go. On the tap. That's right. Very good. So did did you get a lot of that done? Well, I've done it on five characters so far. And wow, that's a big yes. <laughs> two of them were only in their low twenties. So going through the high level area on Narshada to chase the bounty hunter was quite a pain. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, so many corpse flops. Like oh, ten minutes on the res timer. Time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> good, good God. I mean, how, was was all of it really hard for for a low level? Or just not all of it because the majority of the planet is low twenties, so that just actually required me to fight stuff. But then there's one area for part of it where you go through a level low level thirties area, and if you're level twenty one, you can't hit any of that stuff. Right, and it just mass murders you. Was that that was the that was the uh, getting the utensils right the ricotta utensils. I don't remember which one it was. It was the one where you're required to follow a bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that might have been it. You're trying to get the ricotta eating utensils. 
Yeah, that, that was the worst part as far as difficulty went on my lower level characters. Mm-hmm. And the worst one overall, I would have to say, is the very first one when you're trying to construct that device that requires you to get six pieces. Oh, because I, I don't know about yeah, I don't know about you guys, but there was like seventy people minimum in the smallest instance of the fleet, or I mean of Norshada running around picking up those crates, and it was almost impossible to get any. Yeah, it was tough. It was definitely tough trying to trying to find all those all those crates. They're really well hidden too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yes, they are. And the respawn timer on them is I'm not gonna say atrocious, but it does make it difficult. Yeah. And especially during peak times. I mean I felt bad for some players. I mean I lucked out since, you know, my schedule fluctuates so I get to play like early morning, sometimes early or you know, early afternoon. You know, no one's really on since we're on the East Coast server. Mm-hmm. And there are some players, I mean, there's sometimes I log on prime time, and there are 150, like 100 plus people on Nar Shaddai. And you all know Oof. they're all 50s, and they're all <laughs> trying to get those boxes. <laughs> that's right. That, that's the only thing that I feel should have been evaluated and executed a little bit differently, is that you should get the pieces for that device at, with the 100% drop rate, so you just need to find six of them to progress. Or they should have made it so you're looting those pieces from a different type of crate than people that aren't on the quest loot. Because it's tough when people are out there farming the tokens to sell, and you need them to get your quest updated. Well, we'll we'll get into that a little later. I know um, in our dark council, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our our feelings regarding you know the world event, good good, bad, and and indifferent. so let's let's just hold off on that before we get into a, a long discussion and and then have to cut that section out. <laughs> yeah, save that energy, Fred. Save let's it. Let's save it. Yeah, let's save it. So what else, Fred? What else? Uh, what else you got for us? That wasn't enough. That was <laughs> that's enough for me, I guess. I I was wondering if you had any more. I'm giving you blood. You want more? <laughs> yes, I would like blood from that stone, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all I can recall doing this last week. You must remember more. Put a shot collar on him. Let's go. Oh, I, I did buy a couple Let's of the him. event rewards. The guns. The what? The, the guns. Reward. The guns? Yeah, the blaster pistols. Oh, yeah, the... Uh, the Find the uh, legacy ones. The bow things. Yep, the bow casters. Bow casters, thank you. Bow things. <laughs> yeah, no. The guy that I bought them on isn't high enough level to use them yet. But I'm thinking about picking up one on my Sith Warrior for Lieutenant Pierce, who I'm also going to deck out as a sand person. (laughs) 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 I think I have Kaleo's new outfit picked out. There you go. Oh, God. It's better. You know what? That's better than some I've seen her in. I've seen people dress her up, put in the Slayer Girl outfit, and shut her. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, Slash, I, I just hate her far too much to do that. At least the sand people outfit will cover up her face, and I won't even have to see her. Wow! <laughs> wow! There you go. Much, much yeah. anger in this one, Barbara. <laughs> oh, I will say though, I completed the world event already on my Mary Allen Imperial agent. Uh huh. It's awesome seeing him with the title Imperial Loyalist, ah! public race. <laughs> I was gonna say spoiler, man. 
<laughs> spoiler, spoiler. It's not sorry. even going to be a spoiler by the time this comes out, Lou. No, it's uh, that's true. Yeah, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much over and done with at this at this point. Um, well, other than other than finally getting getting the show up on on iTunes with its own feed, um, getting getting into the game, I have to say the the event completely took up all of my game time. Um, I've been making hand over fist with credits, though. I mean, just this was one of the best parts of 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 doing all this like busy quest work stuff that the event kind of was was just having no problem just dropping into my my crew skills, sending you know five guys out and just just skilling up my uh, my underworld trading and my bioanalysis, and then taking all that stuff and just vomiting it onto the onto the GTN. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was selling just tons and tons of just like low level stuff and I was I was raking in anywhere between 50 to 100,000 credits just on crap stuff you would probably vendor. It was great. I loved it. So, I actually took that money and spent it on um my final, my final uh, speeding uh, speeder pilot skill. So I got that, but I don't have a speeder to compensate for. So I'm not getting the one ten. My next question, like, <laughs> tell me you had a speeder. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. So, well, I, you know, I knew that was going to happen anyway. But I figured, you know what? Let me just let me get it the skill now, so at least, you know, I can get a speeder whenever, whatever speeder I want. You know, I can. Take my time to get it. It's just I got it out of the way. Is really what I did. So it was a it was a huge chunk of change to get out of the way, but it's it's done. It's it's in my past, and I don't have to I don't have to drop the money again on this character. So nice. I mean, have you taken a look at the other speeders though? The yeah, zero three speeders. Yeah, I looked at them. I looked at them. Which ones? The uh, the scythe that that I saw on um, on the fleet. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And then I noticed that there's there's uh, missions now to get to get new speeders. Yep. So I think uh, there's a blue one, something like that. I don't yes. Know. And there's some front that drop in the operations. Those uh, I haven't seen. Okay. There was uh, the ones that the ones that you can get from the missions. I think there was like a blue one that I saw that that I really liked. Okay. So. And your one was what tier five, like uh, full. Light side, right? Yeah, full light side. Ooh, have you checked the vendor? Light side vendor? There's a speeder there as well. Well, I'm tier I'm not tier five yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm tier tier four. So when I say full light side, I'm like all I mean all my choices have been light side up to this point, so Okay. Alright, so, so you haven't um, hit ten thousand yet on uh No, on not yet. Full lights. Okay. Well when you yeah. do, check out the speeder there on the light side vendor. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I I like it. I mean I'm light side on my marauder. And I like the speeder they gave there, so I bought that. Cool. That's when I zip around in. The um, the 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 daily. How should I put it? Um, not the dailies. The uh, the world event quests. All right. Mm-hmm. Those I've been doing, you know, the the entire weekend, and um, I finally got that all that finished up today. Um, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time. After a while, though, it got a little monotonous, so I took a break. I did my dailies. That was it. So, um, I don't want to say too much because you know we got more coming. Got more coming for you. But uh, finally finished up the quests. 
Got all my my galactic garbage that I that uh, Chubby the Butt wanted or whatever his name is from from the Chevin. Chubby and, the uh, Butt. <laughs> and uh, and that was it. So butt the nose. <laughs> Chubby the Butt. All right, guys, let's move on to the news. We've got uh, we've got a lot to plow through and uh, some really interesting stuff. Interview with Jeff Jeff Hickman. Um, there was also a, a teaser trailer released about the future of Tor. Awesome stuff coming out of that. And, of course, the acquisitions race. So stay tuned. Galactic Gazette is coming up next. Hello, what have we here? All right, here we are. First page news of the Galactic Gazette. Lou, what do we have? All right, our first item for the news, the holonet. Well, I should all right, galactic news. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish there was a holonet, but I'll settle for this. There you go. A few days ago, on the 16th of August, Bioware released a teaser trailer video to give players a quick peek into the future of Swotor. Yeah, I got really excited about this. I, uh, I was hoping that there would be, you know, someone, maybe like James Olen, describing some of this stuff to us, but because um, I wanted to put it you know, I like to get the audio and uh, and put it on the show, but alas, it was all it was just uh, it was all music. But uh, we got some highlights for you. So, uh, so Lou, what's what's number one here? What's what's this all about? Yeah, we gave for those who don't. Uh, the link is actually on the site itself. Um, here's a you know a little recap of the highlights in the video. Again, they tease us with some really quick peeks into the new upcoming operation, which is called Terror from Beyond. Terror from and what they've shown there is a group of players, uh, dev players, uh, in front of some ancient hypergate or some portal. And this big, big, did I mention big bug looking thing? <laughs> Centipede that's on steroids pops out of it. <laughs> it looks quite hungry. Yummy. And I was myself, yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger gun. More uh, <laughs> more protein painted, for the rest of us. Painted cows from space. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the feeling we're going to get. Going. Oh, bleep. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> they also gave us uh, another quick peek uh, at the planet. New upcoming planet as well. Makeb. Yeah. All right. And what they showed there was an army of droids marching on some energy bridge. Mm-hmm. And one of the players manipulates some sort of control and sabotaging that bridge and letting that droid army plunge to its, well, how do you say death to droid army? So it's, it's deactivation hmm. into the depths. And they also highlight it. Yeah, that looked really cool. I'm, I'm, yeah. wa- I'm wanting to know what that's all about. You know, this, he just like walks up to some controls. And then the the bridge like collapses in on itself, and then all the droids go wee yeah. <laughs> down no, into I'm the chasm. <laughs> if that's part of you know, if that's on a timer, that would be really cool. that would add a lot of pressure. Yeah. For that, if you know you, your group has to fight to get someone to that point, otherwise they don't. You got to take them all on, and there's no way because the amount of droids that showed in that trailer, like there's no way. <laughs> there's no really way awesome. Before. If they yeah. hadn't rebel bases at the bottom of the chasm. 
Nice, you drop, all, drop all those junk. droids. <laughs> <laughs> it's McKeb, not Dantooine. <laughs> Dantooine. No, this is the original Rebel base. They're on Dantooine. <laughs> Aren't they all on Dantooine? <laughs> hey, they, they could be on McKeb next time George Lucas releases the next version of Star Wars. <laughs> oh no, that's a that's another discussion. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and then what else? They uh, they also announced the uh, the new species as well, right? The Cathar. Yes, they showed the new player species that will be available soon. The Cathar. Yes, that cat-like race, the Bregos of the Star Wars <laughs> Galaxy. But this time they get to wield blasters, lightsabers, and poop in the poop on Tatooine. Bam! Poop in the galaxy. <laughs> poop in the galaxy. All over the galaxy. <laughs> And they showed this character undertaking a couple of, uh, well, a particular mission, and it looked like it may be on Taris. Yeah. It's fighting rat ghouls, and he's basically luring them into a trap uh, by luring, pulling into him, and then he runs away, and he sets up a whole bunch of nasty mines, and big explosion, like Michael Bay. <laughs> I was just going to say, it looked like a Michael Michael Bay movie. He's running out of that tunnel. <laughs> you know, he's running, that explosion's coming, boom, boom, boom. He's going, <laughs> what was that? A Michael Bay movie starring Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah. As Michelangelo. <laughs> and new space content coming as well, right? Yes, they did. They yeah. Another teaser of they're showing some new space content. What they did show was a Sith starship, uh, the one that you use if you're a Sith warrior. Okay, if you're a Marauder or Juggernaut, that's the ship you receive, or the Inquisitor, that class ship. And what was happening is they show this this starship, Starfighter, weaving through like some space depot while it's chasing down what I'm assuming to be a Republic cruiser because it's you know that ubiquitous shape that we all see for the trailers of the Republic. Yeah. And it seems to be weaving it in and out of it, trying to chase it down and perhaps attack it before they cut it off. Like, oh, yeah. Bleep you, duh. It looked really good. Did you guys also notice the in-game graphics look superb? Did you notice that inside the? Uh, and I'm not. I'm wondering if they did it just for just for the the advertisement, or if we've got like a small little graphics boost coming up as well in the future. Well, they've always you know released the trailers and on higher resolution than what's in the game but then again remember they've also been doing smaller optimization improvements yeah that was a whole can of worms that opened up right after launch too that they had the beautiful graphics on all their trailers and then you couldn't actually set your resolution that high yep 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 sure was a can of worms I'm still waiting for them to make my Sith warrior's armor so it doesn't look like it was finger painted onto his chest (laughs) don't hold your breath um, so what else we got here? <laughs> we got, uh, what's our second headline, Lou? Okay, the second headline we have going mm-hmm. is, I'm believing one of the main people over at SwotorLife.com. His character name, or the name he uses on the forums, Tor forums, is uh, Micro. He had an opportunity to interview Bioware's Jeff Hickman at Gamescom over in Germany. Okay, we have a link provided, but here are some quick highlights. Basically, what happened was... Oh, oh, sorry. That was an audio oh. issue. Oh, go ahead, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They had uh, Mr. Hickman, you know, introduce himself. A couple minutes introducing himself as to, 
you know, who he is, where he came from, his experience in the gaming industry, and so forth. For those who are not familiar with him, Jeff Hickman is also – he was a part of Mythic for a long time. Right. So he's been involved with MMOs for quite a while as well, all right? Um, he's been involved with Dark Age of Camelot, with Warhammer Online, and a few other things as well. All right, I know some people out there may, may start growing. Hey, you know what? Don't hold it against them, okay, for what it's worth. <laughs> I was staying muted, Lou. No, I mean, a lot of the things that happen with those in those games, yes, they have had their issues, they have had the problems, but remember, he's not wholly responsible, okay? <laughs> for the most part, those games have been launched, okay, they're out there, and, you know, he, he's part of the, you know, he's part of the Bioware team, so okay. let's hope he, he, can, he can do his magic. All right, All right, let's 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 give let's give the guy a chance. He distanced himself from other games that we we may or may not like, and now he's now he's here, and you know let's let's see let's see what happens. Right, you know the man just came here. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's not shoot him down for he has a chance to actually work right. with the teams he's got. So so, uh, so what did he what are, what were some of his thoughts that he gave on the free to play model? Well, the thoughts he gave there that it is a vital part you know of Taurus future okay because it makes sense for ea for bioware to adopt this model as well as having the subscription base business model because they do want to attract more players all right he cited the fact that there are a lot of players who gave their feedback on inquiries whether through email or on the website um, detailing you know what was what were their thoughts like what was one thing they'd like to see improve with tour and that was one of them. You know, they they wished to have a free to play model because one they couldn't afford, you know, the fifteen bucks a month to shell off a tour, which is understandable considering you know the U.S. economy is now, or whether you know you're a student in college or just starting out after college. You know, times can be tough. Yeah. Okay. So that was one way. You know, that was one big reason why they wanted to adopt free to play because you do have a lot of potential customers out there. With the most part, yeah, they may love, you know, they love Star Wars. They want to play the game. Yeah, but the uh, the pay to you know the pay pay to each month is is a major barrier for a lot of you know a lot of gamers now, not just for this game, but just as a model as as a whole. Right. We got exactly. um, we got some audio that I, I want to play. All right. Um, you'll have to maybe bear with me a little bit <clears throat> because um, it's it's uh, it's a live it's a live video that we got here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to all the different uh, time markings that that I've made. Um, Specifically about about the free to play. All right, they Jeff Hickman was asked, um, "What what do subs get to look forward to?" Is after after this thing goes free to play. So let's let's hear let's hear what he said regarding this one. Currently, we are currently, but it, uh, you know, um, so what are subscribers? What do subscribers have to look for? Yeah, in the future when yeah. the free to play model. I, I I wish I had a great solid answer for you on that um we're still in discussion about some of the um larger content updates that we're planning so a great example is the planet mckeb we've talked about mckeb um we have we have a, we have a lot of plans around mckeb and i i wish i could give you more detail we're not talking about some of the detail but i can tell you that i think that the player base is going to be really really pleased more story content new and interesting things for the players to do um, more systems and interesting functions in the game I can't go into a lot of detail but it around things like that this is a pretty big piece and while I don't it's probably all I can say 
one thing we can get out of this is is Jeff Hickman's basically saying that more story content is is definitely is definitely coming down the road. I know that was pretty much assumed that's what we were up going to get eventually, but the question out there was are we going to get it sooner rather than later and if later how much later? Are we going to have to wait until its first official expansion? It seems like, you know, when asking, you know, what what do subscription players what can they look forward to in the future? One thing is is definitely going to be the the story content. So I know that that was that was one thing I was really looking forward to as as well. Um, there was a major question about about free to play as well that uh, that they had asked, and uh, I want to jump to that right now, right here because uh, I thought his his answer was pretty interesting. The major question about free to play. When any free-to-play project is announced or talked about, is what's going to be in the cash box? Yeah. And that's, um, let's, let's just put this question out there as plain and as simple as possible. Sure. Uh, what's your stance on pay-to-win? Oh. So, pay-to-win is not something that we like. Um, I don't want to unbalance the game by putting things on the store that somebody can walk in on day one, buy, and be, be the winner. Having said that, um, there will be some things that we put on the store that, are, um, that, that do enhance power value in some way, but not at the top end. So it's, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. We may put um, a medium level blue, let's say, piece of armor on the cash store. Like, we might do that. We, still, we haven't decided. We're still talking about this. But it's one of those things that's like um, most players will have something better than this anyway. But if you don't, here's a way that you can get a, a leg up to at least make you equal with the normal players. So that's kind of where our thinking is at. But we're still discussing it. But we do not believe in pay to win. They don't believe in, in pay to win. Um this this thing about a low level blue item being on the cash shop, I I think this is a slippery slope. I wouldn't suggest Bioware do this because even though they say they're against pay to win, doing that would be pay to win. So um, hopefully, you know uh, we have Bioware's ear on this show and and they do consider us. Um, I would say. Let please don't do that, Bioware. Because if if that's not executed in the way that maybe you're intending, then it could be very disastrous, and you'll you'll move yourself to pay to win. So um, I I'm I'm a little nervous about that last statement, to be honest. What do you yes. What do you guys and think? You're not alone. You're not alone in that. I know yeah. that's that is a concern that some players have posted in the forums uh, because the moment he said that. You're right. It did introduce a slippery slope because yeah. now that you've actually done it, even though you said you stated your intentions, the fact that you actually did it, it now becomes harder for you to retract that because then you will have players who would use that, whether for good or for ill. You know, it's it's there. They're going to expect that feature. Yeah. And the moment you take it away from them, you know, it, it's going to leave a bad taste in their mouths. You know, and it's it may make them rant. And they're going to voice the displeasure. Obviously, I would um, imagine. I would imagine that that particular thing that he announced there is is 
if it's not already giving them negative pushback, I would I would say that if they actually bring that out in the way that he described, I I don't think that's going to be received very well at all. I'm I'm very very I'm very nervous about this. Fred, you got anything on that? As far as adding low-level blue items like gear into the shop, yeah, yeah, real quick in in uh, in a couple of seconds. What do you what do you think about that? Well, I used to be completely against it, but seeing some of the newer models and some of the newer games, I'm fine with it as long as they're not putting the raid and hard mode gear into the store. Okay. All right. So, in your experience, you you've seen that it hasn't been that bad at all, actually. No, because if they put stuff that's easily attainable into the store, personally, I just think that the people that buy it, you know, they're just lazy and not willing to put the effort in. Okay. But as far as, you know, putting, like, raid gear and stuff, if they do that, then there's no reason to play the game. Yeah. Well, it's, that's 100% true. I don't think anyone would would, uh, would argue that, and I don't think Bioware would argue that either. No. All right. Um, there's one other thing here that uh, that I wanted to well, – was actually two, but this this one tiny little sound bit here. Listen very carefully, okay? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention it. He's he's talking about. He was asked. All right, what's? Um, he was talking about Bioware being broken up into a few different dev teams, and he was explaining which which dev team does what. But as he's explaining this, he lets he lets a little kernel of information regarding space missions slip, and I don't think we've heard this said in this way before so i want to give it to you and i want to i want to see if everyone's kind of thinking what i got out of this immediately so so let's let's listen to this one we also have a space team like we have a team that that's all they do is space um and they've been working on these hard mode space missions hard mode space missions now (laughs) we i caught this Right at the beginning of the show, just before when we were doing our pre-show in the uh, in the live chat room. Uh, now, you know, space missions are kind of like a, a fluff thing in a game. By by no means is is anyone playing this game for as what Lou what Lou eloquently called Star Fox. <laughs> but we we know what hard modes are in the game. They're they're flashpoints. You know, you get to fifty, you do hard mode flashpoints, and you get awesome gear. So. They haven't announced anything about hard mode space missions, have they, guys? No, uh, not that I recall. Um, I know when they made earlier announcements, it was regards to, well, they were very, very vague about it. Space content. That's all they pretty much said was, we're working on new space content. Yeah. And they never went to much detail. So if this is what they consider. Right. And we all kind of just thought it was like, oh, okay, more space missions. Right. I'm actually for this idea though because the space mission game as it is right now kind of reminds me of an arcade game and it makes logical sense that they would make harder levels of the same thing like put more ships in there and stuff to make it more difficult because you know once you have the gear on your ship you can pretty much face roll through a lot of them now yeah or space bar roll (laughs) 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 that was a dumb joke all right, and uh, so I, I, you know, I caught it. I, I was wondering if, if anyone out there was, you know, geeking out over over the possibility of, you know, hard mode space missions and what that could possibly be. And I don't know, man. If if it's if it's going to be what it, the exact same thing, only just 
harder. That's kind of cool, but I'm hoping that it'd be a little bit more than that. You know, I mean, there's quite a few chairs on my ship. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to have some of you guys sit on them and do some hard mode space missions. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, give us more. I mean, there's so much slower to draw from. Plenty of missions you can create. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, it's great that they're doing hard modes. If they're going to recycle the missions that, that's currently available to both factions, that's great. Increase the difficulty. Maybe slap some more challenges in there that people weren't aware of, like more bonus rounds, more bonus missions that weren't there before. That's great and all, but I think players also want to see, you know, more more missions. Yeah. You know, oh, without just like a doubt. there are yeah, there you know, like for the planets. Just question the planets. You know, you know thirty percent of the content in the planet is just going to be your storyline for your class. The other seventy percent is going to be the planet missions. And now players just ask for, hey, you know what, let's Let's keep it up, you know. Give us some more space missions. Give us some more, more variety. What they're asking for. So. All right. And uh, the last bit here is is the future of Tor in his words. I mean, we could probably all kind of figure out what he's going to say, but it's it's always nice to hear this come out of a, a high level executive, you know. So uh, if it goes in a different direction, we can uh, you know staple his Twitter account to the wall. If you know what I mean. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Wow. I think the, the future of Tor is about bringing in, lowering the barriers to people coming who would like to play the game but aren't ready to commit to $15 a month or um, who are willing to wait for three, four months for a big content update. Like, lowering the barriers to, to get into the game and stay in the game, I think is probably the number one piece of the future that I'm focused on. Um, free to play is a part of that because I think that you know money is a, is a barrier to a lot of people, um, and so I look at the focus on free to play, the focus on more frequent content updates, yet a continued commitment to things like story, and that is the future of Tor for me. It's a future where we have more people playing than we've ever had before, where we have um, a, a wide variety of options about how you want to play. So it's like. Play the way you want to. Pay for the things you want to pay for. Um, enjoy the game you want, the way you want to enjoy it. That's the future of tour. Very well said um, by by Mr. Jeff Hickman. Lou, what what do we have uh, to wrap this up? I mean, is there any kind of like residual um, points that you wanted to to throw out there after after what we've listened to, or is that basically it? Well, that's that's basically it. Uh, I myself, and I know a lot of other posters in the forums. I mean, this is the uh, everyone appreciates that you know Jeff Heckman took the time to answer these questions, didn't shy away from them. Um, yes, some answers, whether they're vague or however they're being interpreted, may give some players concern. But again, you know these announcements being made. Let's wait, let's watch, and let's see. You know, just exactly how Bioware is going to push this. Because again, they haven't given as many details. You know, we're not sitting in the conference rooms there, so, you know, let's not panic or, or let's not jump to conclusions right. you know, on what few kernels of information they've given us. Okay, yes, it can, be, it can be maddening, it can be frustrating, but we have to take what we can get and again, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and let's see how they roll out with this. Very good. Um, Fred, what about you? Do you have anything, any other points that you, you want to either point out or, or bring up regarding the uh, Jeff Hickman interview? 
No, I think that we covered it pretty well. Pretty covered everything, right? Every everything that you. I mean, we can go back and listen to the first five minutes where he's talking about his resume. That, <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, as as all everyone listening is is aware. All right. Uh, there was a world event. The grand acquisitions race uh, is drawing to a close this Tuesday. So so today, as you're listening, the event is over. So hope you were able to. Get yourself in there, grab up what you wanted to grab, had fun with it. Okay. Um, and then scheduled maintenance as well for, for Tuesday, August 21st. Uh, 2 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 for Pacific, 3 for Eastern, so on and so forth, until 6. All right. So, uh, servers are going to go down for the period, and maintenance is expected to take no more than four hours. Um, they have said that the uh the scheduled maintenance will will usher in the end of the grand acquisitions race so depending on where you're at could change the uh the time for the end of that race uh the world event will end all right um since we're talking all about the world event you haven't really heard our side of it we're going to discuss this in our dark council so stay tuned dark council is imminent Welcome back, everyone. Here we are at the Dark Council. Now, we've been uh, discussing a little bit about the world event that occurred, the Grand Acquisitions Race. All right, so uh, the Shevin Conglomerate had players from both factions scrambling all over Nashida and their respective faction capital worlds to obtain rare artifacts. And no one knows the reasoning or the worth of these objects, only that the Shevin want them and will pay a king's ransom for them. So, first up, number one, having participated in the world event, what are your impressions of the event so far? Number two, what do you think of the quest rewards and the items available at the event vendor on Narshada. Number three, how would you compare this live event to the first one, Rise of the Rackles? And four, what would you suggest as improvements or changes to future world events once this one is concluded? Now, I would like all of your uh, your answers in essay format handed to me at the uh, end of class on my desk. Aww. <laughs> Aww. You said this is going to be multiple choice. You uh, lied. Thanks to Lou, you will now have homework. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fred, what, um, I mean, you know, I, I know the, the questions come, you know, they're a bit wordy and they come kind of, kind of fast, but I mean, what's, what's your, what's your, you know, your thoughts here on the world event? Good, bad, awesome, sucky? Well, as you'll recall, Ivarwin, way back in, I believe it was around episode 10 of Star Wars Off the Record, we did a similar recap of the Rackle invasion. And I would say that all of our critiques that we mentioned, they've actually implemented them. Well, that's great. Yeah, they, they fixed just about every issue that we had with the first event. Well, progress is is definitely good, and um, I noticed myself that there's there was quite a lot of it in this uh, in this world event. What else, though? 
Well, they've done some great things with adding the rewards this time because now the rewards are actually bind on legacy. Except for the Sand People outfit, which they have come out and said will be bind on legacy soon. Oh. Yes, you'll be okay. able to pass that around. <laughs> pass Look it around. Kaleo. Hand me downs. <laughs> Sotor hand me downs. Um Okay. Let, let's let's see if we can be a bit more a little more to the point here. Um, so the world event drops, right? No one knew about it. Totally cool. Everyone's excited, and then, and then we get into it, and it's it's kind of like, eh, you know, it it seemed like everyone now now Bioware didn't make this a, a big blown out thing. I think the fans kind of did. We got super excited, and then when we jumped into the game. I don't think it met our expectations. It didn't meet mine, I'll tell you that. I was I was really excited when I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be really great and awesome and fun. And, I, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting maybe too much. But, I mean, it, it was just a series of, of random quests. I mean, the, the story was decent. The story was good. I was happy to see new cinematics and new voice acting. That was great. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but I knew I was expecting like more than what it was, and <laughs> for some reason I didn't get it, and I don't think I'm alone in that either, but um, be that as it may, it took me a couple of days... Yeah, yeah, it took me like a day and a half after getting into the event and, and playing it um, to kind of appreciate it for, for what it was. Um, I was on Narshada again. I was on Coruscant again, purposefully there, and and that was cool. That was that was really cool to to actually to to do that, to be there and, and open up the map because I, I hadn't opened up all the maps yet over there, and so I was doing that and you know re exploring. Um, so that that was fun, and then you know trying to trying to figure out like where all these these little hidden items were. That I think that was really well done too to be honest what do you what do you think about that uh lou well i like this event for for what's that <laughs> that's worth my opinion i mean for those made to remember i missed the first one totally yeah you know rise of the red Ghouls because i you know i was a drill that entire time <laughs> it was going on so i couldn't do a damn thing yeah you were gone yeah so i was really looking forward to this one you missed an and, amazing event, Lou. Yeah, yes, thank you. Why don't you give me a paper cut in my forehead? Put a lemon juice on it. We're closed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I, I feel in some parts, in some ways, the way you do, Varwin, because, again, I was so ramped up to actually be part of a, a live event for this game. Mm-hmm. Okay, cuz I love the live events for any of them I've played in the past. You know, whether it's EQ, Dark Age, Galaxy, you know, I love, you know, being a part of those. Those are so much fun. You know, we got some great stuff to drop, you know, some great, you know, cosmetic things to enjoy. And, you know, the sheer camaraderie, hanging out with your group, your guild, or your bunch of online friends and just going through the content. Right. And yeah, I mean, there were some parts where I I thought that uh, you know, it kind of dragged. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe they provided a couple of hints here and there. So, what the hell you were actually looking for, or what was going on? Um, but you know, again, 
you know, I like it enough to where, you know, as soon as we're done here, I got to finish it up on two more characters. <laughs> so, right. What I, one thing I, I was really, I think what took me down off of my, my, uh, super world event. Hi, yay. <laughs> I think what took me off of that was the confusion that I had as soon as I got into, into the game. Now, if you, if you missed the Rackle event, you, you didn't know about the, the hollow projector that they put inside the fleet. Now I was there for it. So I saw the hollow projector and I immediately recognized it to be what it was. And I was like, Oh, okay. That must be like the catalyst here. Like that's, that's where I'm going to get my first quest. And sure enough, it was, but what I did miss was that most of my, uh, my quests surrounding the main one, which is, you know, to get the list of items, like a scavenger hunt, most of the quests are going to be started by a piece of mail that you get in your mailbox. I missed that. It, I didn't get, so I was already on Narshada and a couple of quests in. I think the first quest I did was um, in the promenade when you do the uh, the robot race. Mm-hmm. I had already completed that, and I was like looking around thinking like, okay, so what's next? And additionally, my first experience with that, that robot race wasn't very good either because I was very confused. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was standing around watching the other players do it, I think it would have taken me a much longer time to figure it out because those little dots that were on, on the racetrack were kind of tiny. And if you didn't know to look for them, it would have taken a while for you to figure that out. So (laughs) that's the one thing that initially what, what kind of turned me off doing the quests. Once I figured out like, okay, there's something in my mailbox that's going to give me initial quests. And then once I, once all that was like out of my system and I started doing the quests, I really enjoyed myself getting into it. I thought was a lot of fun. Like I said, going on Narshada and, and, uh, and Coruscant purposefully doing that, I thought was, was a good time. And then getting through the quests, that was cool. So what else, Lou? Yeah. As you just said, I like the fact that they brought, you know, players back to Narshada and, you know, your, your capital, your faction capital. All right. I like how live events and a lot of games I have played, you know, they, re- I would say recycle, but they involve, you know, they want to get the high level players back, you know, to these starter worlds or these mid-level yeah. worlds to have them go back to these areas because, you know, they can drop high-level stuff there temporarily, you know, adjust the zone, so to speak, mm-hmm. to accommodate the high-level content, mid-range content, what have you, for these particular events. And I was kind of hoping they had actually spread it out more. But, you know, I'm happy the way they did it, but you know, as we've said before, you know, there are other planets that we'd like to see involved or, you know, make it a real scavenger hunt. Yeah. I mean, I had fun and, maybe, and sometimes not so much fun <laughs> hunting those smugglers' crates down on Arshada. But I think it would have been really cool, uh, and this is going towards point four, you know, our, our, our fourth point mm-hmm. question, which is the improvements, changes, what have you, suggestions for the next one. Well, why don't why don't we why don't we leave why don't we leave that you know B for right now because I want to okay. I want to make that kind of like an ensemble thing from us, right? Because um, I, I know where you're going with it, and I I agree. Um, one of the other things I was really confused at. And maybe Fred, maybe you'll agree with me on this um, because you have the the unique perspective 
of doing it on high and low levels as well, which I think most of us have done, but I, I didn't get that perspective. I just did on my high level character. Um, I was really confused with, with that main fetch quest, you know, find this thing over there and find that thing, you know, on the other side. What I didn't like about it was it was really, really vague. It was just like, okay, it's on, they're on Narshada or Coruscant. So have fun. Maybe that would have worked for me better if the event was longer, but they only gave me a week and my playtime is extremely limited. So do I really have to just roam around the entire planet to just look for a needle in a haystack? I didn't kind of, I didn't like that too much. Um, Fred, how, how, what was your perspective on that? Like, how did you feel about, about that? Well, I didn't really do it like that because I didn't find that the event was going on until a few days after it already started. Mm-hmm. It, and after the Rackle event, I kind of knew to look for a guide online to help me out. All right, but that's, see, to me, that's a problem. I don't think you need to go to, you shouldn't have to go to a guide on the internet to get the answer. You, it, it's a video game. You should be able to just say, okay, based on this information I'm being given, I should then kind of surmise that my objective is around this area. And they, they sort of did that. They sort of did that saying, look on Narshada or Coruscant for these items. They sort of did that. But the, the thing is, is I think that their, their, um, their perimeter, so to speak, their their perimeter of searching was just way too big to really do this in an effective manner, given the time in which they gave us. If this was a month-long thing, totally cool. But it was well, a week. I, I think that their whole thought process was that the community would work together to solve it, and then the answers would be out there. And that's exactly what happened. People went onto the forums when they found a quest update. They went on there, they posted and then people compiled it and made walkthrough guides of how to do it quick for the people that didn't find it till after the fact. All right, fine, but what if no one did that? I mean, I mean that's not going to happen. Right. Because right, we've... go ahead. I'm Luke. sorry. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's not going to happen because of all of the, you know, people out there that are not employed by Bioware that that make money on websites based on giving this information out there like mmorpg.com and and you know so on and so forth um so that that's not going to happen they, you know bioware is is you know good it's good to they're in the right place when they're saying to themselves that the community is going to do that but should they rely on that 100% of the time i don't know if that's if that's a good thing to do i don't know if that's well, a good strategy I can speak from experience of a game that didn't even have a quest finder system, and Lou knows exactly what I'm talking about, EverQuest. Whenever they put a new event in the game, the community had to work together. There weren't really forums that people used, and there was no quest updating system, so basically you had to use general chat. Say, hey, I'm on this part. Does anybody know where to find this? And they'd give you the location, and you'd go there and do it. Right. Okay, but I'm just saying that I wasn't expecting it to... I guess what I'm trying to bring up is that I don't think that that particular part was executed 100% uh, efficiently. I think they could have done a, a little bit better. Not that what they did was wrong. I'm just saying I think they could have done it a bit more efficiently. 
Uh, right. Lou, what's your – I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Right. As Chaz in the chat room was pointing out, yes, Chaz, we, there were clues provided all right, that you had to find for yourself. Okay. Um, however, the point I think of what we're trying to make is that uh, the clues in, in themselves were very vague. Yes, the breadcrumbs are there, but it's kind of hard to find the breadcrumb itself when they give you less than breadcrumb to follow on. Okay, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like right. I said, you when know, I'm provided clues and other MMOs, they give me that right off the bat. Like I know there's a crate in that body, all right, the robot shell that's just outside the, spe- the, the speeder bike port outside of German cars that you had to actually look for. If you didn't highlight it, if you ignored it, you missed the clue. Nothing points out saying, hey, look for this. Look at that dead body in the spaceport in German cars. Otherwise, if you didn't highlight over it, you would totally miss the clue giving you that breadcrumb. All right. I would expect that the notes to say in my journal, head to German cars. There's suspicious activity going on everywhere. The spaceport. Look for clues in the spaceport. Look for clues. Look for strange events happening on the capital planet. Okay? And then once you get to the capital planet, what happens? You're in the middle of a firefight. <laughs> All right? Um, now, that, that I could it. get behind. Like, if you highlighted the item in your quest journal for to say something like, this item would probably be found on Droman Kost. You might check around this area and maybe even show a picture of what you're going to need to be clicking on. Right. That's kind of what I was what I was expecting, to be honest. I mean, they were saying, you know, look on Narshida or Kurasan for all of these items. I was kind of expecting to be able to look a bit more um, closer at this and see, like, okay, this item is going to be somewhere in, you know, that that one district or the red light district of Narshada or the, the network district of, of Narshada or um, or the Black Sun Territory in, in Coruscant. These are huge, these are huge uh, tracks of the game. You know, the, the red light district in Narshada is nothing to bat an eye at. You go there and it's it's quite big, especially considering the item you're looking for. It could be anywhere. I mean, there's there's tons of corners. There's tons of, of I mean, we know from, from looking for those tiny little boxes where we got the, the accommodations the uh, the the Chevin the Chevin badges <laughs> that they can hide these things almost anywhere. They were in racks behind corners. You go inside of a you go inside of a um, a, a, a room. It's on the second floor in a in a in a room you've never been in before. I mean, they they could have been anywhere. Right. <laughs> the Chevron badges. The Chevron badges. <laughs> All right, let's let's move this into what would we suggest as improvements, and then I think it'd be kind of fun to like rate this out of a you know a ten out of a ten. So so Fred, um, what would you suggest as improvements? And um, keep in mind the the quest the quest reward thing because I know I wanted to spend some some time with that too. What would you suggest as improvements in the next the next world event, and then what would your rating for this one be? Well, the next world event, I want it to be something different because I don't want two world events that are the same with a different skin. But the only critique that I had about this one was the smugglers' crates because of the fact that they were lootable by people that already completed the quest. It was painful to get the six pieces that I needed to make that item because 
people are going around on their speeders picking that stuff up, especially if you're on a low-level character that doesn't have a speeder yet. Yeah. <laughs> people, I'd see a crate, I'd go running toward it, somebody would zip up on their speeder and have it before I could even get near it. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was me too, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not going to lie, that was me. <laughs> but the point is that the ones for that particular item... They should have had special crates for that and then just left the smuggler's crates out there for people to get extra badges. And they should have had a quest-specific one that was hidden around just for people that need the components. Because okay. that made that... That one part took an hour and a half and all the rest of the quest takes about an hour. Right, yeah, that's definitely a good suggestion because, yeah, Fred is right. That was quite a, a pain in the rear because then you actually had people camping these spots mm-hmm. or deliberately if they've got the big speeders the cedar speeders they were deliberately spawning them on these spots just that they knew they knew the timer on it already and they were going to be total bags about it and, and camp the speeder on top of it yeah Oof. another workaround would have been to actually allow for you to be grouped with somebody and both of you loot the crate like they do in yeah. other quests because was, then you yeah. wouldn't have to steal from everybody you could just help each other out that was one thing that that i would i would have liked to have seen as well yeah what else fred what else do you think would be an improvement or or is that it well just that one quest where you were talking about having to sabotage the robot mm-hmm. i would have liked to have seen that as a bunch of gungans and the one that gets <laughs> blown up is a body type four <laughs> All right, and what would you what would you rate this on a scale of one to ten? Oh, this one's definitely a ten in my book. Okay, uh, was it was it better than the Rackle event in your opinion? Oh yes. De- All right. They de- they definitely showed that they learned a lot from the Rackle event. Yeah. But like I was saying before, these are two very different t- kinds of events, and they were intended to be. But they did show that they learned a lot from the Rackle event, and I can't wait to see what they roll out with next. Oh, without a doubt. Left to the fruit roll-up company. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, what? Uh, what about you, Lou? What do you think? What, what are you, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think uh, would be good improvements going forward? Well, I'm going to agree with Fred. Uh, definitely, that idea of having two separate types of crates—one uh, that you could actually get the tokens of uh, estimation, okay—and one that actually you know you get the pet as well, the lobelot pet drop. And then you have a specific type of crate, the one for that part, for that you know so-called scientist that you're looking for, okay, to build that device of his. Yeah. That definitely would have made a, a made this part of the event much less painful. He would have made it quite enjoyable, knowing, all right, now I have to look for two different types of crates. Okay, like, do I sacrifice going for the tokens and maybe get that pet or build up my tokens, or I need two more parts that I see it, but I see two other crates right here. What do I do? <laughs> and there are three of the players coming my way. Screw them! I'm getting them all. Um, no. <laughs> they also need to make. Uh, like I said, I didn't do the first one, so I can't compare it to that. Uh-huh. I mean, I, but I do like this event. Yeah. I like I like world events in these games. Uh, I would have liked though to have seen some of them, maybe instance like the one from the Imperial side, okay, where you have to go to Lord Grafton's estate and manipulate that laser in the mirrors to open up the crate to obtain the uh, I guess the egg out of it okay 
at least that one, thank God, that one actually worked as a group. Okay, so one person you did it, you're all grouped together, all of you get credit for it. Okay, right. however, there's a problem when there are 50 people in that room, okay, <laughs> no one wants to group up because they're all in a rush or they have their own reasons. You know, it doesn't matter, but they're all inadvertently interfering. Okay, I'm not going to say they're <laughs> trolling you or messing up on purpose, but they're inadvertently interfering with whoever's on the quest by touching things out of out of order. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a problem. They, I hope they take away from the saying, all right, something like that where you know, yes, it's open world. They want to keep it open world, but you know, you, you have to take this grain of salt. You have to make some of these things instance. Okay. You could have made that room temporarily its own phase. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, Lou, did you actually do both factions of this event? Um, I haven't completed it in my Sentinel. She's the only one who's done it so far. Well, she's halfway through it so far. Did you do the one in the Black Sun territory with the cantina? Nope. Yeah, I, I did that one. I know what you're talking about, Fred. I know, yep. I know you, yeah. But you don't know the other one. That's what I was going to say, though. The Republic one is much easier than that laser one on the Empire side. Oh, they, well. they, they have this thing that looks like Wheel of Fortune on the floor. I have to say that that puzzle was was really well constructed. I mean, you had to look for you had to look for the the little box on the ground where the 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 guy's body was, and then figure out like, okay, I click on this, and then you have to figure out like you had to look at the floor. There was markings on the floor that led you to the box that you needed to click on, and they were in. A, uh, a different color. It was it was yellow, and then I believe purple, and then green, something like that. And you had to, and then there were like tiny little dots that made up these these lines on the floor. And you had to figure out that those dots and how big they were correlated to the middle section of the room, and which ring in that circular middle section that it those colors should have connected to. So it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed it, and I know I'm not probably not explaining it in the right way, but um, once you once you kind of get like all well, the visuals and you figure this whole thing out, it was it was really it was a lot of fun. That I really enjoyed. Okay, so basically, the Republic one has the answer to the puzzle on the floor right by it. Yeah, the Empire one, you got to control this laser beam and make it hit these mirrors and bounce to a certain location. It, it's horrible because you got to adjust the mirrors and try to get it to line up like it's supposed to, and then <laughs> the thing resets itself after like 15 seconds. <laughs> it's, it sounds like the uh, the Meridia's Beacon quest in uh, in Skyrim. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it, it reminded me of that entirely. <laughs> I think I think some of the Bioware guys are Bethesda fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Lou, what would you rate this out of uh, ten? Right now, I, I give it a nine. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because of the fact that, again, some of those things should have been instanced. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm not giving you 10 is because uh, our second point that we wanted to bring up, uh, the quest rewards, items available, the event vendor. Yeah, that needs work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say here, you know, overall, I like the event. However, I am disappointed in what was offered the event vendor. Okay. Um. I, for one, if you're going to make a world event, make it for everyone. Give everyone an incentive to do it. Okay? Like, for now, I feel I'm doing it on my other characters because I want, you know, I like the event and I want, you know, I'm a completionist. 
So I want to do it in all my characters I have available. But this is fully going forward, realizing that I can never use anything on there, or I'm not going to use anything on there with my Marauder. I'm not going to use anything there for my Sorcerer. Okay? My Bounty Hunter is a power tech, so she's not using the Blaster Rifle. Okay? Yeah. Um, the only thing I could get is probably extract the barrel from the rifle and use it later on, save it, but that's, that's fine. Right. Okay. Yeah, so the, the rewards weren't exactly useful for everybody. Right. What, what are you talking about? Lou, you have an agent. Get right. that sand people right. outfit and put it on Kaleo. Yeah, no, I don't use Kaleo. I haven't used her since I got uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I, but put it on her so you got a sand person standing on your ship. All right, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this up, guys. All right, what I what I want to get out is is that I I myself would give this a nine out of ten. I completely agree with with uh, with Lou. Um, I feel that the only thing really worth saying was a disappointment about this was the event vendor, the rewards. I think that was really disappointing to be honest um i think that the the events for for the world event and the rewards that you were getting to have a a speeder that that goes you know 90 90 speed the first kind of like speeder that you would get to be the mm-hmm. only reward is good for those who are lower level but what about people that are that are higher level and at the same time you know, to have a, a pet, which was, you know, really cool, be almost a reskinned version of the one we all recently got by the server transfers, eh, kind of cheesy. You know what I mean? A new pet would have been great. What I didn't like mostly about it was what, Lou, what you were just saying is that the, the weapon rewards. I thought that that really needed a lot of work. Um, to only have the the bow cast be be in there mm-hmm. kind of not really where it should have been i wanted i was expecting you know uh you know a gun a uh, lightsaber crystals a new lightsaber um you know maybe like a bow staff thing uh, you know a little bit more a little bit more robust i thought right. would be really just flesh this whole thing out <laughs> he borrowed I totally called this the other night. When I first found that vendor, I was telling my girlfriend, Evarwin's going to have a problem with this because they couldn't smuggle a lightsaber on this guy. <laughs> right. And as it is, someone actually did the did the factoring for us. If you know, you're actually going there for the weapons that are available, three out of the 16 advanced classes are the only ones who get to use the weapons or find the use of the weapons. Yeah. Three out of 16. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that I thought really... Was was a disappointment, but considering the Rackle event, I think this was much much better. I liked the quests; they were enjoyable. I thought, I thought the, um, I thought they could have been done executed with a bit more efficiency. But other than that, like this, this was this was definitely a good time. And once I got into it and started playing it, I really enjoyed myself. Right, I I lost track of time. I was playing in my my operative. Yeah. Not realizing I was on there for almost six hours straight. Until I realized, oh my god, it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I need to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so nine out of ten over here. All right, let's um let's move on to the Jedi archives. And uh, Lou has the Dark Honor Guard in store for us. So stay tuned. 
archives coming up next. I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge of this. And welcome back, everyone. Here we are, the Jedi Archives, by the lore master, Louis Olan. Lou, what do you have for us this week? Thank you, Barwin. Today's topic is the Dark Honor Guard, soldiers of the Emperor. Or in their words, we are the Imperial God, the Emperor's chosen. We live and die as he commands. All right, just a big distinction there, because remember, there's the Imperial military, and then there's the Imperial Guard, or the Dark Honor Guard. Big difference there is that one serves the Empire. These guys, they serve the Emperor directly. Okay, So, the Dark Honor Guard, they are also known as the Imperial Guard. They are a force of elite warriors who have a reputation as being the deadliest, most disciplined soldiers in the Sith Empire. Members of the Guard were considered the ultimate non-force sensitive fighters in the Empire. And they serve the Emperor alone. For example, at the end of the training, the soldiers of the Guard were bound to the will of the Emperor by a ritual, resulting in them becoming totally loyal fanatics who were willing to die for him. Now, just to bring up a quick uh, throwback to memory lane, if anyone has ever played TIE Fighter, that's Star Wars Space Simulation, okay? Remember, as you rose up in rank, as an Imperial pilot, you actually had a little cutscene going to the Emperor where he actually branded your wrist with a symbol every time you reach a certain rank. Kind of reminiscent of uh, what the Sith do with their tattoos. Alright, so I thought that was pretty cool. They actually bring that up as well. Now, the mandate of the Guard meant that they were deployed wherever they were required by the Emperor. Now, their most public assignments were usually, yes, they were guarding the Emperor's Citadel. They're also present in protecting the Sith Academy and Korriban. They also eliminated individuals the Emperor wanted dead, or sensitive or not. Or they could assist the Imperial military if they need warranted their expertise and skill. Or they could undertake special missions directly from the Emperor himself. Now, it's important to note that the members of the Dark Council had neither control nor authority or even insight into their activities. So essentially, yes, the Sith Council was present. They, they rule the day-to-day activities of the Empire, but not even they could question or command soldiers of the Imperial Guard, ever. And I know that's been demonstrated, I guess, in the Dark Horse comics over the years where they do see that. Okay. Now, as we all see, you know, they're distinguished by the fact they wear blood red armor and they were more commonly armed with electro staves, blast pistols, and blast rifles. Although their extensive training allowed them to be deadly with any weapon, be it melee or ranged. Okay? And they were also known to be deadly hand to hand combatants as well. Alright, if anyone's ever read, uh, like the expanded universe books, okay, where trying to remember that one series um, where they encounter actually a cloned uh, Royal Guardsman, okay? In the time of Palpatine, they were called the Royal Guard. Alright, this one character, he was not only skilled, like he was deadly in ranged weapons, melee weapons, but he was also 
like some sort of super ninja type of hand-to-hand -hand fighting, so this is how good they were. Uh, this is one after Thrawn uh, lives. The, the clone, the fake, they're trying to bring back. Now, the members of the Dark Honor Guard, they served for life. Right? They were chosen for the commitment to duty and their loyalty to the Emperor. And they had, you know, their initiation through a series of secret, deadly tests and traditions. Now, those members who proved to be too old for active duty were often relegated to the post of instructors in the next generation of guardsmen. Now, this was until their skills began to deteriorate, whereupon they were eventually slain by a new recruit during their training. And that's part of it too, you know. The, the guard, they're so good because yes, they, they play for real. They don't play, they don't train. When they train, they're doing it all the way. So, that's one way to start tired of to think. <laughs> and one important thing to remember, a lone member was a formidable opponent that was able to stand against either a Jedi or a Sith, should the need arise. Okay? Now remember, I just said that earlier on, they could be sent by the Emperor to eliminate those he wanted uh, pretty much dead. Whether they were members of the Empire, Force users or not, okay? And even then, they could be sent and tasked out, and they have killed Jedi in the past. Because again, the Emperor, some of the techniques they've learned were taught by the Emperor himself, okay? A lot of the techniques they used to fight Force users were taught by the Emperor, saying, alright, this is how you're going to kill this Sith Lord. Okay, because they're probably doing this, this, and this. Okay, conversely, if they know how to fight a Sith, they're going to know how to fight a Jedi. All right, plus their weapons reflect that. Okay, and again, remember this time frame, uh, that one material that will stop lightsaber kurtosis is in use. All right, so a lot of their armor, a lot of the weapons reflect that. So when they know they're using, they're fighting a Force user, they know to have the weapons on them, and they know it's often a big surprise when that little glow stick doesn't go through the weapons <laughs> <laughs> alright so that's the Dark Honor Guard in a nutshell great hope you all enjoyed it I usually uh, I see these guys in game and I think to myself ah I get those guys all the time they're nothing but those are just mobs <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a scene in the Revan novel when the Emperor actually speaks to them inside their head yeah Oh yeah. yeah. Sends them messages and tells them what to do with the intruders. Yeah. There's also a Dark Horse series on them uh, called Crimson Empire, where you're following I think, a couple of characters from the uh, the Imperial Guard on their missions. Do you think this is how the Emperor gets his chores done? Just talks to him telepathically? Talks to one of them? Get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> you, I need someone to do my laundry. <laughs> Don't what? use bleach. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, what are you guys going to get? So I, I, I'm not going to eat this out. <laughs> oh, cherry coke. <laughs> Diet. <laughs> I'll just eat this cockroach. Go <laughs> <laughs> Papa Palpatine. <laughs> I said no mayo on my turkey sandwich. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we got an email this week. Uh, this one comes from from Barry F, and uh, he's he's not happy with our show, is he? Is he, guys? He's a little a little miffed. Just I would say he's not happy with the show. It's just maybe he had some disagreements with what we said last week, and he, you know what? Yeah. Barry, thank you for writing in. You you had some 
a bone to pick with us, and I'm glad you wrote in. Yeah. So, yeah. here we go. Appreciate it. Um, all right, so, so Barry says, okay, so it doesn't happen a lot on either of the tour shows I listen to, but the odd snide comment really riles me. This especially annoyed me today listening to episode 7. Avarwin had a long justifiable rant about some shows wailing and gnashing their teeth and being generally negative about the free-to-play stuff. I can't remember who it was on the show that said something like, and I quote, You can roll your face on the keyboard and play WoW, or you can play SWOTOR, or something like that. Not something I'd expect from your show. I've come to the conclusion that the people who say WoW is easy yet probably stopped when the looking for raid are those people with little attention spans. They get bored easily and probably don't stick to anything long term. Cheers, Barry F. Now, um, first of all, I have to say that we we edited this down quite a bit. There was there was several paragraphs about you know who he is in 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 World of Warcraft, what he does, and um, that you know the the raids that are out now are are, are much more uh, difficult and and all that. Um, but since <laughs> Since this is a direct quote from Fred, <laughs> Fred, I'll 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 uh, I'll give you the final word on this. <laughs> well, Barry, first off, I apologize if I offended you. However, I do play WoW and Swotor, and rolling my face on the keyboard is actually something that I have done on more than one occasion when I've been playing World of Warcraft. You know, when I have something pressing to do, like clip my toenails, <laughs> and the group's still polling. Now I don't do the raid content in WoW, Fred, and I'm sure that there is. Fred, no, I'm he's, serious. No, he's he's legitimately upset about that comment. I mean, you're, you're... and I'm being legitimately true. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You've actually taken your face, put it to the keyboard. Yes, I've pressed and... the buttons on my keyboard with my forehead. <laughs> okay, how did that particular fight turn out for you? <laughs> Just fine because I play honor. I just stand back, and as soon as I start shooting my arcane shot and stuff, the pet attacks. And this is all in the looking for dungeon groups. I'm not saying that this is in raid content or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been years since I've raided in WoW. And I'm not saying that WoW doesn't have hard content, because every game out there does have something that's hard. I I understand your point, and I didn't mean to offend anybody when I said that. Just my particular play style, I've literally been able to roll my face across the keyboard and play WoW successfully, and my girlfriend's three-year-old nephew was able to play WoW successfully on a Hunter. But in SWOTOR, I haven't been able to do that yet. I've tried, and I've died. <laughs> You've tried to put your face to the keyboard while playing Tor, roll your face yeah. around it, and, and you die. It's hard to imagine, Yvonne, but it's a little bit different, you know, when you can roll your face on the numbers 1 through 4 key and get your pet in there shooting off arcane shot, as opposed to, you know, being on a Jedi Knight and four sleeping in there and swinging in some crazy direction while things are stabbing you in the back. All right, well... Look, I mean, we're you know, I'm not I'm not laughing because you know I I find this thing uh, you know comical. I'm I'm laughing because because Fred entertains me with his with his comments. But you know, the the fact of the matter is that there are a lot of people out there that you know, and we're you know, let's face it, we're not excluded from that group. We get very down on 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 Warcraft. 
Um, and there's some there's people out there that really love that game. Um, many, many people really love that game, and uh, you know, I I can understand why. It's 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 a great game. It's an amazing game, and you know that's just that's just the end of it. It's it's really accessible to a lot of people, which is why it has so many people subscribe to it. Um, now. You know, like I said, the fact is that, you know, a lot of us here at the network, we kind of still get, we get negative about, about that game because we've, we've played it for years and years and years. There's aspects of the game we don't like, and we left the game. Me in particular, you know, um, and you've, you've heard what I've, what I've had to say about it. Now, rating in particular in that game, do I think, or do any of us think that it's, it's face roll keyboard easy? No. No, Barry. I think the, I think the comments that you you brought up in this email that we did have to edit out, okay, Dragon Soul Raid and and whatnot, um, they're not easy. They're anything but easy. I remember raiding in Warcraft. The damn safety dance is something I never got through. I had to get carried through that every single time be, because I'm uncoordinated. <laughs> With. I'm not kidding you. That's another story. It's another story. (laughs) Yes, it is. But you know, I will never say that raiding in that game is 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 easy because it's not. Um, Be that as it may, there are aspects of that game that are that are very very cookie cutter and very easy, and that's that's something that a lot of people have been negative on is is a result of that. Um, You know, I mean, you got to roll one particular spec in the game in order to be viable, which is what made rift such a uh an attractive game when that came out so i think that the biggest difference in wow and other games is that in warcraft there is little challenge to the leveling game it's all about the end game once you get to end game there are challenging things to do but whereas newer games like swotor it's very challenging to level up a character it depends on who you are People like us, we've been playing MMOs for a very long time, so the leveling game in Warcraft is not going to be challenging. For someone who who has zero MMO experience, they might find that to be challenging. You know, I'm, I don't know, and I don't I think mean, it but... takes a, a, an MMO newcomer to to find it challenging either. I think I think, uh, and I'm I'm pounding my microphone with my fingers. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> He's borrowing his podcasting with his forehead. Yeah, pretty much. I'm rolling my face on my microphone. I'm sorry about the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So, all right, guys, let's let's uh, let's start closing the show out. Um, Fred, you have anything else you wanna you wanna say? Well, I just want to reiterate. I'm sorry if you were offended, Barry. That wasn't my goal. I am subscribed to WoW, and I do not see myself dropping my subscription in the foreseeable future. You know, I just happen to like more than one game, and I play more than one game. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like picking on family. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And we won't say which family member World of Warcraft is. We'll just say it's kind of like picking on family. Right, Fred? <laughs> the one that gets poker chips on Christmas Eve. Your sister? <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right, we got, a, cake every year? <laughs> we got a comment from uh, from Facebook, and this comes from Edward C., and he says, about the world event, I liked it, except for when you have to de- when you have to do a mission, and twenty people all have to click the same box. The hut race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Edward, we all feel your pain. <laughs> we all feel it. And Lou, iTunes shoutouts. This is 
the iTunes shoutouts, Lou, are kind of like your job for every show you're on. Do you ever notice that? Yeah, I'm beginning to notice that lately. <laughs> <laughs> I just never picked up on it. Wait, wait a minute, why am I out? Okay. You're, you're always uh, the iTunes shoutout guy. Our iTunes shoutouts from America. SOC Hobbit. Kickass Jackson. The Apple M. Bears. RR2008. J of the Falls. As opposed to if Arwen of the Just. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yohei Vauri. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, write us. <laughs> Let us know. My friends at the Land Down Under. Snorlax02. My friends up north. Tat Jack. Triple zero six three four. Cat, what happened? <laughs> I guess he had to use that. There's the numbers in there and his name. Mm. <laughs> MR friends across the pond, the great big pond. Over the United Kingdom, Gerard K. All right, guys, thank you so much. The, I mean, all of these came in like within the last uh, four today. days, three days. <laughs> yeah, today and yesterday. Because I, well. I didn't check iTunes Friday and Saturday, so I was remiss. Yeah. I mean, all of these came in within the last couple of days. and um, they, all, they all came in after my call out on the Minecraft show. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe it did. Maybe it did. I don't know. Does Snorlax02 in Australia listen to Minecraft OTR? Maybe they do. Everybody listens to Minecraft OTR. Yeah, you guys have been killing it on that show, by the way. I mean, it's just... It's a great that was that was always a good show, but it it's it's a great show, it really is. It's it's really it's really grown into quite the juggernaut on the network. I'm really proud of you guys. You're doing awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, and when I say you guys, I mean you know Joe as well, and because I know he's. Yeah, listening I mean, it's right surprising now. with that terrible writer we have, Fred. <laughs> that you are a bad writer. But I know. No, you're not. You're not a bad writer at I all. I tried so hard to be a bad writer. And you can't do it because you're that talented. <laughs> well, I had a good teacher. Yeah. No, you didn't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. QGN News. Since we're talking about it, go ahead, Fred. Oh, listen to how Lou and I get typecasted every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a QGN News guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always a QGN News guy. But I love it because it's my favorite part of every show. You're half of the community team. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I just kind of hide behind the other people on the community team. <laughs> Good <No>. lord. <laughs> Minecraft off the record records Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Planetside off the record records Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. It's bi-weekly until launch and there will be a show this week. Elder Scrolls, off the record, records Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Diablo, off the record, records Friday nights at 6 p.m. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And since you've clearly found our new feed, if you're hearing this, please remember to leave us another review because we're going to need them again. Indeed, without a doubt. Um, part of what makes those five stars so important is the more that we get, the likely the likelier we are to stay in sections of iTunes called the new and noteworthy section longer. In fact, if it wasn't for the initial five-star reviews that we have gotten so far, um, 
we wouldn't even be there. And the new and noteworthy section on iTunes is very important for us because that's our free advertising. It puts us right in front of, of anyone who, who opens up iTunes and goes into uh, the games and hobbies section of, of the podcasts. They'll see our podcast displayed as one of four right in front of them. Now, we were able to make the new and noteworthy section this weekend because of your help. And if we keep getting that help, we'll remain there. And uh, that's going to be a great thing for this show. So I really appreciate all of the support our our listeners have been giving us. And uh, just just want just to ask for your continued support as well. So thank you very much. And uh, let's, I, I'm really just so excited about the future of this show now. Speaking of continued support, we should also mention that our esteemed producer, Joe the Widget Wilson, has his book, Continua, that he's trying to bring to print form. So if you guys would be so kind, please go to questgamingcommunity.com, click on the general forum, and there is a link to his Kickstarter. And if you guys could donate anything, it would really help to bring his dream to reality. Sure would. All right, Lou, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Actually, let's let's do how to reach us. This is this is out of order again. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach us on our website at swotorreforged.com. You can always find us on our main portal site at questgamingnetwork.com. We have forums at questgamingcommunity.com. And a quick note about that. If you register on our forums, it will require that you are manually activated because we had an issue with spammers. So please give us about 24 hours to get you approved. And also, you can always contact us by email at svotorreforged at gmail.com. On Twitter, the show is available at svotorreforged. Evarwin is at Evarwin. And please remember to use the hashtag Evarwinny. <laughs> Lou is available at GamerGuy11B. I can be found at SithLordCorv. That's K-O-R-V. And we have a presence on Facebook. Please go to our SotorReforged.com website and click the like button. Yeah, that'd be great. Liking us on Facebook is awesome. Awesome sauce. All right, final thoughts. I think we're finally ready. Fred, what's your final thought for this episode? I'm loving the world event, and I'm looking forward to the free-to-play system more and more. Mm, yeah. And Lou? I'm a greedy SOP. I'm loving this world event. <laughs> you know, that, still myth that I missed the last one, but you know what? I got this one. I got a taste of a world event. I want more of it. This is, this is good stuff. This is fun stuff, entertaining. And, you know, I love seeing all these players all over. You know, we're all getting together doing this stuff, so... Come on, Bioware, bring on the events. Bring it on. Biggest, biggest, small, I don't care, but keep them coming. All right. Um, my final thought, Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the world event. The uh, The next one coming up, I I can see that they, they've they learned some lessons from the last, from their original one, which uh, was not bad at all, and, and they've they've made this one even better. So uh, the only thing I would ask is is just to uh, to look at the rewards. And uh, try and get them, you know, for for all classes and, and specs. That would be great. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next one because I'm, I know they're they're working toward uh, making the next one even better. I'm very proud of Barwin. 
What's up? Because you, you rated the last world event at a 6 out of 10. <laughs> this one's 9 out of 10. <laughs> it means they really stepped up their game in your eyes. They really did. No, they, they, they really did. Like I said, there was a couple of a couple of minor critiques that I had, and that was it. I mean, uh, I really I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think one thing that, that uh, you know, I need to work on is... is uh, when when these world events come out, I should probably just do what everyone else does and go straight to, you know, the websites and get get all the guides and just read the guides. <laughs> oh, go on the forums and contribute. Look for things and post on there what you found. Help them make the guides. That's an even better idea. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Fred, it's time to say goodbye. It's time to say goodbye. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. And Lou. Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. Hope to see you all again next week. Indeed. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.